Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crisp, the podcast. I'm Matthew Farumbi and I'm here with my dad. This is Sonny Farumbi and welcome. Yeah, so I think the most recent big news, if you can <laughs> call it news, is the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift that's been going on everywhere. Um, what I don't understand is why is that news? It's just... Why is that big news? It's just two people who are, if, I don't know, if they're actually starting a relationship or something, <laughs> but yes, Taylor Swift is a big, big uh, music icon and... And Kelsey is the very well-known you know, football player. Yeah, so, it's just because they're two celebrities. But also Taylor Swift is probably one of the biggest celebrities. It's like, yeah. so. True. And I heard that because um, he invited her to the Kansas City game and then she showed up and that's how the news has been getting bigger and bigger. But I heard that his jersey sales have gone up like 400% since then. Since did the... Uh, did uh, Taylor Swift wear the jersey at uh, the game? I don't know. I remember they showed pictures of her. I don't remember if she was wearing a jersey or if she was wearing his jersey or what. But just the fact that they're like in a relationship now, that he's more known. So like so a lot of people. Maybe are all these Swifties now. Uh, yeah, she has a pretty they, big fan they are base. Buying, so. They're buying Kelsey's jersey. Yeah, because I saw That's after crazy. she showed up to his game that there was a report that. Him, the sales of his jersey specifically boosted by 400%. So. That's, that's just crazy. That, that goes to tell you that, I don't know, most of the time it's just um, maybe people knowing about something, how, how famous some, somebody is or someone is, mm-hmm. drives a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of either it's emotional buying or yeah. decisions we make. Uh, we, there's a lot of influence, a lot of influence from, mm-hmm. from people around us. I'm, I'm sure uh, if the number you're saying is true, that his jersey sales went up by 400%, if uh, Taylor Swift have not, has not been at that game mm-hmm. and has not shown up or anything, that most likely would not have happened. Right, yeah. So, I know there was news of them like together prior to the game. But after the game is when things seem to, like, I think, blow up even more. Well, actually, what I was even going to say earlier is that when I said uh, if uh, Taylor Swift have not been at the game, uh, the sales would not have gone up. What I actually meant to say is that many people who bought the jersey, mm-hmm. they probably would not have bought anything or would not have <laughs> yeah. think, thought of buying the jersey or something. But yeah, just because... She's there and she's there. And I know I, I saw a clip where she was cheer, cheering for the Chiefs when mm-hmm. maybe they scored a touchdown or something uh, in the where she was sitting, the suite where she was sitting. Yeah, um, it's just the association yeah. is what is driving a lot of that sales. It is interesting. So, yeah, I guess we could hop into the, the main topic of the day. Yeah, well, um, I, I was just thinking about... What what you think is the, you know, just reflecting on life in general, and I, I was sort of wondering if you talk to an ordinary person, anybody on the street, mm-hmm. what do you think is the most basic thing that most people will say they want out of life? What do you think that will be? They want out of life, or just want in general? 
Cause and I feel and like, it's the same thing in general. Yeah, because I feel like... In, We're out of life. We're here. We're living life in our existence. Yeah. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, when you say one out of life, that, yeah. to me, that's like what they want at the end of their life. So, at total. But... I, I mean, what they want most presently? Present. I would yeah. say probably money is a big thing for a lot of people. Now, well, money, what will money bring? Just security and, and, and stuff. A lot of, they can satisfy okay. a lot of their wants and needs. So, all right. So, what would that security bring? So, I mean, ultimately, it's like happiness, I guess. Exactly. But <laughs> there's different avenues of who interpreting that i guess so. i know i know and, and that's what i'm trying to get to I, I, it seems to me that the basic the basic thing that every human being wants the basic mm-hmm. foundational thing is just to be happy like you said though that happiness can come in different forms it could be it could be money it could be the security that money can bring some people mm-hmm. it could be love in their lives it could be so many different things but that's the thing it seems to me that happiness seems to be the basic, um, the, the answer to that very, very basic question. Mm-hmm. So I know we've touched on this, and you mentioned that there will be different things. So if happiness is the basic thing, what then makes people happy? For example, what makes you happy? Money. Money. But, <laughs> I mean, to an extent, <laughs> but there's a lot of things. I mean, for me, just being around family, um, having those people around you that you can count on the okay. basic things like that yeah um and obviously money is like i think it's mainly for a lot of people just the security of, of things like i mentioned before yes. not having to worry about yeah. um bills or certain things that 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 brings so yeah exactly it's it, it is money is a fun well maybe not the foundation but it's, it's what money brings mm-hmm. uh, what it gives you it gives you security it gives you the access to a lot of things mm-hmm. that you think probably will, will want to make you happy there was a there was a survey done by the gallup organization that revealed that uh, the number one source of happiness is uh, having a good job and being with people that you enjoy mm-hmm you know, Gallup does a lot of a lot of surveys and research into uh, workplace engagement and things like that, and it discovered that you know having a good job and uh, being with people that you you enjoy. Also, I found out recently that the the Mayo Clinic, the Mayo mm-hmm. Clinic also said that your supervisor, mm-hmm. the the person that you report to at work, that your supervisor is much more important to your health as a person. Hmm. than your doctor oh okay yeah well i mean that makes sense your doctor doesn't do much until something happens really well now not if you go for annual physicals yeah but even (laughs) then well yeah i guess but it it does make sense because that's someone you're spending probably eight hours a day five days a week um with and they can be the cause of stress and all kinds yeah. of things. So. Most of the time we spend a lot of time with people that we work with mm-hmm. than even our own family members. Mm-hmm. Because if you work you know, eight to five every day, you are spending most of that time with your coworkers, with your boss, with your manager. And it makes sense that whatever happens at work, relationship with that person, your supervisor, can determine a lot about how happy or unhappy you uh, you are in in life, and it's funny 
when you think about it that way, because there's also uh, the research that was done several years ago that says most people are not really happy with their jobs. Mm. What, what's your experience with that? What do you think? Um, I definitely can see that because I feel like most people just see a job as a way just to make money, pay their um, bills, just yeah. to pay bills. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they're satisfied not being happy as long as they're able to bring in that income. And sometimes the um, the time it takes to change jobs or even change career fields or change mm. trajectories or could either mean they're making less money or they might not find a job. So sometimes that could be yeah. um, the cause of why they're just staying where they're at just because it's more comfortable um, in that sense. So Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that that is true. A lot of people just don't, they're not happy with their jobs. And that's why you, you find many people these, these days have uh, a side, what we call a side hustle. Side hustle, yeah. Something that, that makes them happy. And, and it looks like the people who are able to turn that side hustle, uh, something they really enjoy doing, something they are really passionate about, if they are able to turn that into... A good paying job or something that mm-hmm. that pays their bills those are probably m- much more happier people than right. than the rest than the rest of us now as, as we talk about this well it reminds me how kind of this connects directly to to one of the 15 emotional intelligence skills that i usually share about when i when i have opportunity to speak at, uh, to groups and to organizations mm-hmm. and is this skill called self actualization self actualization mm-hmm. it sounds like a big you no know, high sounding word <laughs> um, but self actualization is actually about it's it has two sides that two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. one is doing things that you enjoy and the other one is developing yourself but the goal of either one is actually to to improve emotional health, to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Self-actualization is one of one of the skills that contribute to happiness. The more self-actualized you are, the the happier you you the happier you are. And one of the ways, it seems one of the ways to uh, to grow in this skill of sexual self-actualization is actually to to achieve goals. Mm. It's about goal achievement. Which is, if you think about it, that's one thing that uh, it doesn't seem that we do, we do very well. Okay, let me ask you this question. Imagine you set a goal mm-hmm. to accomplish something and you achieve that goal. What does that do to you? How does it feel? Um, I definitely feel like it elevates your self-confidence because you're able to have set something in place and achieved that um yeah that's just the first thing that comes to mind yeah well definitely have self-confidence but i think at the basic foundational level it just makes you happy right Mm -hmm. you feel good about yourself you feel good about yourself okay i i set the goal and i achieved the goal no you are you are happy and Mm -hmm. that's that's the basics that's definitely yes it leads to self-confidence it leads to a lot of things and that begs the question if that is true if if setting goals and achieving goals helps us to be a little bit happier, mm-hmm. why don't we do more of it? Why don't you think we do it? If, like we said at the beginning, uh, one of the most important things we want out of life is to be happy. 
I think it's just basic that it takes work. I think day to day you're comfortable in just your regular just life that you have to be intentional about setting goals to do that. And that takes mental work and mental discipline. So, yeah, in the end, it's going to you know, it's going to be better for you. But the initial start, I think, is why. Yeah, um, I think that's so true. That's what is the is that resistance. Resistant because when you set a goal, you are saying, I want to accomplish this thing that mm-hmm. I don't have right now. Right. I want to be in this position that I'm not in right now. So mm-hmm. it requires change. Maybe changes to your schedule, changes to the way you do things. It requires some change to be able to uh, adopt new behaviors, follow through on those new behaviors that will help you ac- accomplish that goal and then follow through and achieve the goal. Mm-hmm. And I agree. It's just that that resistance, that resistance to, you know, uh, to want to do that. And even when we set the goals, for people mm-hmm. who set the goals, who are able to say, oh, I want to set a goal, maybe they are motivated, they hear a motivational speech or they hear a podcast from somewhere and say, I want to set a goal. Most of them fall by, uh, fall, fall by the wayside. Yeah, and I think that's what I was going to bring up is, Part of it is like people know that if they don't achieve that goal, that's almost, I'm not going to say set them back, but it's going to make them in a sense more like kind of more depressed state than maybe they were initially just because they're like, oh, I set this goal. I didn't achieve it. And then it's going to take even more maybe effort to set more goals in the future. You think people actually think that, that if I set a goal, I don't achieve it, I'll be be sadder than I was before. (laughs) I don't know about sadder. I don't know how to like express it, but it's like one of those things like you almost feel bad when you don't achieve a goal that you set. So it, it's definitely, I think that comes I to think, a factor. I think some people just don't care. They, they just don't care. Once again, they may be motivated because they hear something or they see someone. They have that immediate motivation to, to set a goal and they start working on it. Okay, why is it that uh, at the beginning of a new year, for mm-hmm. example, people said New Year resolutions, mm-hmm. and the common was the most common New Year resolution. People said probably lose weight to lose weight. Okay, eat healthy. They said they want to lose weight, and research, a lot of research actually has been done, and they're saying by the second or third week of January, mm-hmm. most people, I forgot the number of the percentage, they have forgotten about about the goal. If it's losing weight, you know, yeah. going to the gym or eating healthier or something like that most people forget about it why is that the case i I feel like there's probably a couple of reasons but one it's that maybe they set a goal that's so generic that they don't have actual steps to achieve it and it's just like oh i want to lose weight well that's Mm -hmm. what is like what are you going to do to achieve that you have to have to have actual steps or they set just like unrealistic goals i think that's like oh i want to make a million dollars by the end of the week or something like that and not to say that that's that's very realistic for some people but for other yeah. people it might not be yeah. um, but if you have actual steps to get there i think that's the key and then being disciplined to to achieve that yeah and i agree point, i so. agree with you uh for many it's because they don't have the actual uh process in place the steps mm-hmm. that will get them there for others it goes back to what you said earlier about just that resistance to change Mm-hmm. Because if I've not been, if I say I want to lose weight and my goal is to maybe go to the gym uh, three times a week or mm-hmm. something, 
that's a change because that means I had not been going to the gym before. Right. Now, come January 1st, I said I'm going to go to the gym because it's a New Year resolution. And then you have to make the change. Mm-hmm. You have to find a time. Maybe that time before, that's the time you... No, you spend watching TV or something. Now have to cover out maybe an hour yeah. or, or a couple of hours mm-hmm. uh, to go to the gym. So that change is the resistance to change is one of the things that we as humans we just we we, we just have that resistance. We don't mm-hmm. do very well with change. We want to remain in the same. You no, know, keep the status quo. You know. Yet we know there's a need. We know we need that goal we need to accomplish that goal mm-hmm. but for whatever reason we just can can get ourselves out of it so what do you think what do you think we need to do to get out of that <laughs> that mode that status quo mode to yeah. get us going um i don't know i, I think it, this comes down to again we kind of mentioned it of setting steps to get there and it, it probably varies from person to person, but it's just something to think about. Yeah, well, I, I would say, and you are right anyway to an extent, but I would say that, first of all, like we're, we're talking about this, that setting goals, accomplishing them helps us to be happier, which is the basic basic um, thing that most human beings want. We want to be happy. Mm-hmm. But maybe many people have not connected that. They have not connected that, you know, Setting goal and achieving that goal actually makes me a happier person. Mm. Especially when I know that goal is not being forced on me. You know, in many organizations, many companies, uh, people, employees have goals for the year. Right. They set the goal. So in those, in those cases, those goals are kind of, in a way, forced on them mm. by the organization. Yeah. So most people will work hard to, to accomplish the goal. But we're talking about personal goal here. Mm-hmm. Something that is personal to me, I realize, okay, this will be good for me. You know, losing weight, like the example you gave earlier, losing weight will be good for me. So what do I need to do? Maybe, you know, it will give me more energy. Mm-hmm. Now it will help me to be, uh, no, to achieve whatever it is that I, I'm, I'm trying to, to achieve. It's good, enough, it's good for me and it will make me happier. Then we just need to set the goal. And what I found out is that it looks like most people don't set goals. Mm-hmm. If you ask a lot of people, if you have a personal goal, not the goal at work that your boss sets for you. Mm-hmm. If do you have a personal goal, most people actually will say no. Yeah. They don't have a personal goal that they are working on right now. So in that sense, I would actually say the first initial step is to just get a goal. Yeah. Just, just get a goal. <laughs> no, honestly... Uh, and, and this is, um, you know, we are kind of making light of this, but it's, it's actually very important research I found out. This is very important to our well-being as humans, you know, our emotional functioning. And like, like I said, when you set a goal and you achieve it, you know, you are happier. Mm-hmm. You are happier, you feel better, you are m- much more self-confident. So we should actually, uh, it seems to me that every human being who really w- have the desire to be happier, to be successful in life, we need to always have a goal we're working on. Mm-hmm. You set a goal, you achieve it, you're happier, you set another goal. 
maybe a little bit tougher goal or something. Yeah, and I um, also think it, it should be a balance of maybe smaller goals and bi- bigger goals too. Because sometimes if you try to jump from this like uh, uh, nothing to this all in um, initially, no. yeah, the steps to take, That's a you, lot of us are not disciplined yeah, enough to no, do that. So. In fact, that is usually a recipe for not continuing with that mm-hmm. whatever it and is. I think that kind of goes back to the New Year's resolution thing we're, we're talking about because a lot yeah. of people go from at the beginning of the year like oh I'm going to work out from going from not working out at all to working out seven days a week and it's <laughs> yeah. like that's just unrealistic you have no. to kind of ramp yourself you have to almost make it easier for yourself at first yes, you to have gain to. that routine and then you from there to. you can because as, as you're saying that I remember and I, I believe I hope I'm quoting this correctly uh, 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 a book by James Clare I think a very popular book Atomic Habits mm-hmm. was talking about developing good habits and he says something that I think I remember as you were saying this he said that that any new habit that you want to develop any new behavior mm-hmm. you want to develop into habit should not take more than two minutes at the beginning mm-hmm. so if you want to really want to develop a new habit so as you adopt that new behavior at the very beginning, it shouldn't take you more than two minutes at the beginning. At least at the beginning. So you can grow it. You can yeah. continue to grow it. It's just that consistency yeah. you need. And exactly. Yeah. But at the beginning, just two minutes, and then you, you grow it from there. But I think just getting a goal, getting a goal, and like you said, putting the steps, the steps and ramping up gradually mm-hmm. you know, goes a very, very long way. Now, let's say we have a goal and we want to, to work on uh, want to work on that goal. Do you know also if I ask people who say they have a goal and they say, Yeah, I have a goal, if 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 we ask, do you have your goal written down somewhere? Mm-hmm. You have an idea how many will say they have it written down or they don't have it written Probably down? Probably most because I even from myself when I set goals for myself it's a lot of times it's mental goals and yeah. you don't a lot of times you don't write it down or yeah. put it somewhere so yeah and that that's another thing mm-hmm. that uh, that research has found that that helps that most of us we keep our goal we say oh no I have it here I, I know mm-hmm. what I need to do but that they need to be written down. Our mm-hmm. goals need to be written down. They need to be written down and put in a place where you can always see it. It looks like for many people, out of mind, out of sight is out of mind. Right. If you are not yeah. seeing it, you are not doing it. So uh, it seems that it's beneficial when you have your goal written down and you put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Put it somewhere where you can always see it every time, almost on a daily basis right. as, a, as a reminder. I had um, one of my uh, EQ classes a few years ago. We were talking about this skill. And I remember somebody in the class said this. She said, oh, I had this friend who, who will write her goal. She will write her goal on her bathroom mirror with a lipstick. Oh. <laughs> she will use her lipstick to write her goal on her bathroom mirror. And that's because she knows she's going to look into that mirror every day. Mm-hmm. So she's going to see the goal. The goal is going to be in front of her. And she says she keeps the goal there every time until that goal is accomplished. Mm-hmm. Then she will clean it up and write a new goal there. <laughs> so just keeping it in front of you gives you the awareness that I need to do this. Right. And as, as I say this, actually, 
uh, there's another danger that we can become desensitized also. Mm-hmm. You write the goal, it's there. Uh, after a while, you just see it from the, you know, your peripheral vision that, mm-hmm. okay, it's there. You don't even read it anymore. You're not paying attention <laughs> to it. Right. No, we don't want to get there. The goal of writing it where you can see it all the time is to say in, this needs to, to happen. One thing that I know some people also do is to, especially with the electronic you know, mm-hmm. life that we live these days, to, to set reminders in either on their phone or put it, put it on their calendar. Mm-hmm. That say, this is the time I'm doing this or set a reminder for me to do this at this time. Mm-hmm. And then reminding themselves every day that when that reminder, that reminder comes up, this is not, I'm not snoozing it or I'm not dismissing it. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to stop whatever I'm doing. I'm doing that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's how you build those, those disciplines. Right. Okay. So we talk about setting goals. We talked about um, making sure we write, we write it down. Another thing that helps most people, a lot of people achieve goals, especially at the beginning, mm-hmm. to overcome that initial resistance that we talked about when you're making a change, is to have someone hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. Someone. And I've also been in situations where I've asked people, okay, you have a goal. Uh, let's say you have it written down. Do you have someone mm-hmm. holding you accountable for the achievement of that goal? Right. And <laughs> I've heard some people say, oh, I'm very disciplined. I, I, can, <laughs> I can keep myself accountable. What do you think about that? I think that's just not as self-aware as they think they are, probably, because you, you can be very disciplined on certain days, but you mm. everyone's going to have those days where they don't feel like doing the certain thing. Yeah, so. yeah definitely. Definitely, I agree. When, <laughs> when I ask that question in one of my sessions, and people say that, my response is usually this. I will tell them, you are the most unreliable accountability partner for yourself. <laughs> you are not a reliable accountability partner. Yes, you may be good. You may think you are good. Uh, but guess what? <laughs> all of us give ourselves a pass, like you are saying. Right. No, not all the time. There are days when you think, maybe you say you are going to go to the gym three times a week. And then first week you went three times a week. Second week, three times a week. Third week you are thinking, you know, uh, you've gone twice. Mm-hmm. And then come that third time, maybe on a Thursday or a Friday, you are thinking, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of tired today. <laughs> I'm tired. You know, I've, I've had, you know, the last couple of weeks I've had three times a week. You know, that should count for something. Yeah. You know, we, we make excuses for ourselves. Yeah. We give ourselves a pass so that we don't follow through. Mm-hmm. But if you have given someone permission, maybe a trusted friend, a close family member, you give them permission to say, I want you uh, to, uh, to ask me about this. Mm-hmm. So you give somebody permission. If, if, I'm, if I decide, for example, I'm going to the, to the, I want to go to the gym three times a week, I can ask you as, to be my accountability partner and say, and say Matthew, every, every weekend, every Saturday or every Sunday, can you ask me mm-hmm. and say, Dad, how many times did you go to the gym this week? Yeah, and that's why, at least with the gym specifically, I've heard yeah. a lot of people just ha- find someone and, and go to the gym with them and uh-huh. just, like, do that consistently. Because yes. that way, 
when one of them is not feeling like it, you could be like, oh, well, this person is is counting on me to go. So that yes. can be a motivation. Exactly. In exactly. itself. Yes. And even still then, sometimes that person will might have to text you. like, well, no, we need, still need to go. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. You know, having a, 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 a gym buddy or something, somebody mm-hmm. that you go together. No, that's even much more powerful because mm-hmm. if you are saying I'm not going, that person could drag you out of whatever <laughs> yeah. and say you need you need to go. So th- those are the kind of things that I have found that you know, we, no matter how disciplined we think we are, mm-hmm. it's not good for us to think I am going to hold myself accountable. At least not until you have been able to develop the habit enough that it's now become second nature for you. Because most times at the beginning, when we are making those changes, mm-hmm. uh, new behaviors, it, it's there's this resistance, and we don't want to do it. Right. But when we focus, and we you know we have the goal, we are following through. We have somebody holding us accountable. Uh, it can make a lot of difference. And eventually, as we were saying, when you achieve that goal, guess what? You are happier. Mm-hmm. It goes a lo- uh, a little bit further uh, to. Know the kind of happiness that you bank, you put in your bank account. That's such okay, a happiness bank account. Right. No, and those are the kind of things that I was I was just thinking how. You know, simple things like just setting goals and goals doesn't have to be that big. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it does not have to be to be big. It, it may be taking five minutes to do something you have not done before, something mm-hmm. that you know this is going to benefit me when right. I do it, or, or ten minutes or. Or doing something differently, uh, but unfortunately, many of us tend not to do that, and we miss out on you know, so many different sources of happiness mm-hmm. that can come to us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's 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 all I have. Do you have any anything to add to that, or any any questions you want to? Um, I think, like I said before, and you just kind of mentioned it is. Um, having those smaller goals and the balance of both small and bigger goals that you're working towards because like we said you can't just jump from small to just having a huge goal because it's Mm -hmm. not very realistic so just having starting small easing yourself into it and making sure you're just being consistent I think is the main thing even when you maybe if it's going back to the gym again if you only go two times a week instead of three one week still starting the next week and still aiming for for the three for yeah. that three mm-hmm. instead of getting demotivated and um discouraged so i think that's just key for things like that yeah. that's good that's good well hopefully our our listeners are motivated to to start setting goals <laughs> set goals write it down find a body or accountability partner someone that will really hold you accountable for the achievement on that goal and you'll be surprised how Achieving those goals, no matter how small, makes you a little bit happier. Mm-hmm. No, you're happier. You are self-confident. You you feel good about yourself. Right. You know, you have a a, a, a better level of of self-esteem or self-regard about how you feel about your about yourself. And guess what? The way we feel about ourselves tends to determine the way we express ourselves to other people. Mm-hmm. And some of us in foul mood all the time or something. Mm-hmm. You know, we may be able to help ourselves, right. you know, getting out of those foul moods just by uh, increasing our stock of positive emotions, being happier mm-hmm. and setting goals, achieving, the, achieving them can, right. can help us get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, guys, this has been another episode of Crisp, the podcast. As always, give us a like on YouTube, rate us on Spotify and Apple Music, and we'll see you guys next time. See you next time.